Mondays, 10 Talk. Entertaining and informative radio for the Sunshine State. You may be owed some money. After 911 and 411, call 541. That's 727-541-1741. Call Gulfstream Motorsports for a diminished value report. Due to my 28 years experience in the auto salvage business, I'm very good with wrecks. So if your car has been involved in a wreck, call me for a diminished value report. Call 727-541-1741. You may be owed some money for the lost value of your repaired vehicle. And visit us at GulfstreamMotorsports.com. Looking for car shows? Then look no further than FLACarshows.com. On your computer or on your mobile device, FLACarshows.com is a comprehensive list of automotive events plus videos and news articles. Whether you're looking for car shows, cruise-ins, meetups, automotive festivals, cars and coffees, or anything else relating to an internal combustion engine, then this is a site for you. Check it out online or on your phone at FLACarshows.com. Excuse me, sir. Yes. It's the bat phone. To the bat poles. To the Batmobile. Set the way back machine. Yes, sir, Mr. Peabody. Okay, listeners, welcome. You are tuned in to Nostalgic Vision Cars, and I'm your show host, Robert. Run your computers in Google Tan Talk 1340.com, and you can see me live in the studio in downtown Clearwater. Why did I say that wrong, Bobby? You can hear you live. Oh, well, no way. <laughs> and then see on nostalgicradioandcars.com. Well, if they're tuned into the interweb somehow, they, they can see me in the Oh, no, that's true. It all does link together yeah, somehow. Somehow. Well, I don't know. Anyway, that link's moved. So, technically, technically. All right, so we can see you on nostalgicradioandcars.com. And YouTube. That's where the YouTube, YouTube is. Well, what about if they're streamed on uh, the WTAN? They can see uh, it too. That's only audio now. So. That's only audio now? Okay, well, yeah. at any rate, um, Facebook? That's Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, all right, so... Uh, there we go. Now we're on track. Now we're on track. Okay, and don't forget to check out our website, golfstreammotorsports.com, where you can find out all about us, I think, yeah. And if you well, missed any of our past 624 shows, I think that's what it was, isn't it? That's 600, right. 624, 625 shows uh, over the last 12-plus years, you can go to Nostalgic Radio Cars, the archive page, and you can listen to all our shows. There are current... Yes, they are. Yes, yes they are. Yes, they are. Almost 630. Yep, yep. Getting close. Well, I guess this will be 625, maybe, something like that. Yep. Anyway, all right, so we got an exciting show for you now. we got part two with our friend Jerry Allward from last week. Um, he's actually, I think, from Iowa, but he spent most of his, and he went to Detroit. Or maybe, no, no, he's from, I think he said Detroit, right? Michigan? Anyway, so. he, he's from somewhere up around there, and he wound up in California for most of his life, and he was down in Newport Beach, and that beach, 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 and, uh, <laughs> and, now, and which is a really nice area, then I might add. Newport, uh, California is, um, you know, it's funny, and I was there when I was a kid. You got an area down there called uh, La Jolla, which is very, very nice, and then just south of that is Oceanside, 
and uh, San Diego, but Oceanside's on the on the water, on the coast, and there's El. I can't even pronounce this right. El Cajon? Is that how you pronounce it? Because J's not pronounced right or right. something. El Cajon. Yeah. El Cajon, something like that. Anyway, um, and then, of course, Temecula is above that, and then you get yourself into Laguna, and then you get yourself into the L.A. Los Huntington Beach area, and all the other Long Beach, and so on and so on and so on, up to Ventura, Santa Barbara, uh, San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, or one of the other... And then obviously into Monterey, and then into the Bay Area, and then up into across the Golden Gate Bridge into Marin County, and then to Nevada, and then to Petaluma, and then to Santa Rosa, and then a little further is uh, Sacramento. But if you make a right there on 80, you can head over to Lake Tahoe, which is much nicer. Anyway, so that's uh, uh, the the the. Let's see, from San Francisco to San Diego took us 10 hours by car back in the day. And uh, that was a long drive. I think it's eight hours from San Francisco to L.A. and another six hours from Monterey to L.A. But we don't acknowledge L.A. We just like the surrounding areas there. But And, there, and, and there's some prettier. But Newport was really interesting because it's kind of like slopes down kind of like in the valley on the coast a little bit. And it's probably the closest thing in California that I could relate to that would be very similar to Florida because it's flat. you got a lot of waterfront properties, a lot of marinas, and it's really kind of cool down there. Um, very high end, too, I might add. And, uh, and then, it, and then it, you roll up along Laguna there a little bit in La Jolla and, or La Jolla area, and it's like very cliffy-like, and it's really kind of cool. That's a, the interesting thing about – we were talking about that. You know, California is just kind of like – has – like the best of all the worlds. I mean, it's like going to Europe. It's going to like going to the, the Far East. It's going to like going out in the Sahara Desert if you're crazy enough to go out in the Mojave. Um, which actually, one of our uh, guests lives out in the Mojave, a very well-known, very, we have to talk about him tonight too, uh, Gene Winfield, who's 90, it's got to be pushing 94, 95. We had Gene on when he was 80-something. Then we had him back on a couple Oh, but it was earlier this year or last year we had Gene on. He was 92, 93, something like that. Yeah. And um, and he's still out there in the desert, in the middle of the Mojave Desert, which is hot, hot. Now, I, I was joking about this the other day, and, I, and my neighbor walked by the other day, and he said something about, oh, California. And I said, yeah, you know, I mean, you walk out in Florida here, and not more than 10 minutes, 8 o'clock, by 8.10, you're dripping wet. you got to change your clothes. In California, I, these guys are all going, oh, man, it's hot, it's hot. It's, I go, hot? Are you kidding me? What's, what's the temperature? He goes, 90-something. I said, 90-something? I'm not even breaking a sweat. It's dry. It's a sauna, but it's dry. It's just I can't explain it. You just, But Florida's a steam room. And, you know, it's like as soon as you just like you get off the airplane here and they just like somebody, somebody just threw a wet towel at you, you know. But at any rate, America's a beautiful country. I will say that. So Florida has a lot to offer. It's gorgeous. It's green. Got a lot of waterfront properties. Got inland. It's just kind of neat, you know, and you got some really nice areas down there. South Florida is completely different on the East Coast than the West Coast. Uh, North Florida, you know, Jacksonville, you got Tallahassee, which is really, really nice. You get over towards Escambia County, which is uh, Pensacola. And uh, it's nice over there, too. And just north of I-10, it's just really hilly and everything like that. It's pretty. It really is. And... Um, but it's humid. It's just, you know, I've been here since, I don't know, since the early 70s, and I still can't deal with it. But nonetheless, uh, what do we do here? Oh, yeah, well, we will share this with you 
our latest uh, escapade with our excursion. <laughs> uh, supposed to have a segment now, excursion yeah, well, escapades. Uh, excursion escapades. Um, yeah, our our our. It runs and drives and yeah. does what it's supposed to do, and we actually have a color on it now. But I mean, yeah, we had color. It, it was black, and now it's just blacker. Um, <laughs> without the little, uh, without the little, yeah, without looking like uh, snow. It's had a snowfall, light snowfall in the morning. Yeah, it's like uh, okay when you're uh, on the budget and you're not quite sure what you're going to do, and you get a one gallon can of forty five dollar. Black rust oleum, and you got a friend with an air gun and a compressor. You can do wonders, but mm-hmm. now I have to get a spray mom and touch it up, make it consistent. I guess yeah. I'm not sure. Something like that. We'll figure it out. But at any or rate, we have <laughs> spray waxes. We yeah, have yeah, sea yeah. foam. We have uh, what was that thing? That's gonna uh, be a lot of sea foam samples. To what was that? He said pour all over your car. Pour that, that garage one oh, all over it. But unfortunately. Oh, man. That's not really a thing. But you can have fun on a budget, okay? Which reminds me that our good friend, we have to get Alan on from uh, Alan Galbraith. He used to be with, um, what was it? Concord or Lemon. No. I know before that it oh, was what? Billaproof. Billaproof, okay. And then that somebody else taken. Actually, Jeff, what's the guy? Who, what's the name of the guy that did our. It's a sign shop. Jeff Allison. Okay, Jeff Allison, who did the drawing, right oh, behind me, our drawing. poster. Yeah, the 57 bird gasser that we got. Jeff Allison, I think, now is running Bulletproof. And Alan is with Concourse de Lemons. Lemons. So that's you need to Google that. That's actually pretty cool. So we're thinking, we're thinking maybe next year for Amelia Island, you know, being me being the junkyard guy, I can do some pretty crazy stuff with cars. I can whip up something pretty ugly and that would possibly win a concourse to lemons probably just drag it out just drag. <laughs> yeah like, you, like you, tilt bed yeah winch up and go I'd go yeah that's, uh, we got enough stuff laying around that's true we do we do we do all has to, it has to run and now put, put a few put some air in the tires and that's about it and we're good to go yeah um uh wayne carini uh, uh doty we got to get doty on the show from doty's car sales out of monterey doty and i go way back and uh I need to post some of those pictures because we were actually having a blast. And my friend John Leary from from the Villages was out there with us, and he was hanging out with Doty. But anyway, so in the, in the past, I don't know, 7, 8, 9, 10, 12, 13, 14, 15 years, Wayne Carini's been making a trek out there as well. And he always goes by Doty because we all go by Doty because you never know what Doty has laying around because he drags stuff out of the Santa Cruz Hills. Anyway, uh, he drug out an old 50s BMW 502. Two, I believe it is, which is basically a full-size sedan, but it was a V8-powered car. Kind of cool. But this thing was kind of edgy. But John got this thing running, and then Wayne came over, and they twinkered away with some more and got it tweaked to the point where they got it actually roadworthy. And Wayne drove that down to um, Concourse de Lemons and uh, took first place. Um, our friends from Motorsport Classics or Classic Motorsports, uh, Tim Sutter was there. Wayne, obviously, was. I mean, Wayne was there, obviously, and a whole bunch of other pieces. So it's, pretty, it's a lot of fun. It is very, very comical. And you really get to see some pretty creative stuff. And there was some nice stuff there, too. So, you know, it's but it's mostly on the silly. And I will I have a list of the classifications and just the classifications alone are hilarious. But on that note, we're going to go to commercial right now. We're going to uh, oh, we're going to hear uh, a song courtesy of Music of Your Life. But uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Just a short version of it. But, uh, you know, I'm homesick. But anyway, hey, you're tuning into Nostalgic Green Cars. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. Surf City, here we come. You know it's not very cherry, it's an oldie but a goodie. 
something going. Surf City, here we come. You know they're either out surfing or they got a party growing. Surf City, here we come. Yeah, there's two swinging honeys for every guy. And all you gotta do is just blink your eyes. And I'm gonna surf city, gonna have some fun now. Gonna surf city. Looking for car shows? Then look no further than FLACarshows.com. On your computer or on your mobile device, FLACarshows.com is a comprehensive list of automotive events plus videos and news articles. Whether you're looking for car shows, cruise-ins, meetups, automotive festivals, cars and coffees, or anything else relating to an internal combustion engine, then this is a site for you. Check it out online or on your phone at FLACarshows.com. Oh, and I've got a used car buying tip from uh, Tommy D. from uh, Love Chevrolet this morning. (coughs) Tommy D. says uh, when you're buying a used car to always check the uh, radio push buttons. He says if they're all set on rock stations, chances are the transmission's shot, right? (laughs) That's right. Okay, we're back, and uh, I have I got a used car deal for you. And you got lots of used car tips. Yeah, 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 yeah. Since, since we're on the subject of Rust-Oleum, I figured we we play uh, that too. Rust-Oleum. We got a Rust-Oleum commercial? No, we, well, uh, we're, we're going to make one. We're going to make one, okay. <laughs> yeah, we need to get the guys from Rust-Oleum to be one of the sponsors on the show, because we're working on Seafoam, and that stuff actually works. I'm pretty proud of that, that <laughs> And stuff. you need the Seafoam detailer after you yeah, put you your Rust-Oleum. Foam, after you put the Rust-Oleum, yeah, to keep that shine. Try to get rid of as much orange peel as you can. <laughs> Yeah, my friend Buddha goes and says, and, and Buddha, we call him Buddha because he's big, and uh, and he's an excellent body man. And um, he goes, yeah, Robert, you know what's in above that? Now, don't laugh, because I've taken cars to, we were joking around about Earl Scheib, 1999 or whatever it was, but then it went up to 29.99, then it's 49.99, and it's 99.99, and you know it's before the days of Factor Bake and Mako and all that other kind of stuff. So it's kind of like uh, Stanley Hahn and, and tires, tires don't whatever that commercial was back in the day in the 70s. But so my buddy Hank was, you know, he loaded up his spray gun, so I call him Hank Scheib now. <laughs> he says, don't mention my name. I don't have nothing to do with that thing. But it, what started out was just a little touch-up. We got carried away. And, I mean, he was, like, fanning that thing everywhere. So we do have some blotches. In it. But nonetheless, it's you know the whole idea was is that the, paint, the clear was coming off, and then I sanded through the clear. Then I got to the metal. Then I had no choice, and I go, oh, crud. You know, and I really didn't really want to paint the whole truck because I got mechanical things I wanted. To, you know, whenever you're fixing a car, you always take care of the mechanical stuff first. That's just a rule of thumb because if you paint the car and make the car look pretty, and then you do the mechanical stuff afterwards, and I've done this, so I know, uh, you'll scratch something, you'll booger something up. So get all the mechanical stuff done first, so then when you do roll it into the body shop, you make the paint guy happy for one because it runs and drives, and he's not pushing it around, and secondly, uh, it's uh, less likely to get boogered up right bobby on that note let's go yeah. ahead let's go ahead and uh we'll we'll save the rest of the story the rest for the next of the, installment for the rest of the story yes uh for the um um yeah the next show. next I mean, next installment of, uh, of uh, excursion escapades excursion escapades part two three four five six seven eight nine ten anyway well we'll actually keep you informed because we're actually experimenting with this thing so we're gonna kind of play with this thing a little bit and we're fixing this up so bobby can go out and 
you know, have some fun with it. Hey, here's a little Kid Rock. Now, there's a connection here with this uh, video car and the whole nine yards and the video, so go check it out. But the, the title of the song is Born Free. You're tuning into Nostalgia Getting Cars. Don't touch that W. We'll be right back with our special guest for the evening. Just a little excited. I know, I know. I'm going to use good judgment. I haven't lost my temper in 40 years. But Pilgrim, you caused a lot of trouble this morning. Might have got somebody killed. And somebody ought to belt you in the mouth. But I won't. I won't. The hell I will. This is Bill Warner of the Amelia Island Concord Delegates, and you are listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Hey, we're back, and you're tuned into Nostalgic Radio Cars, and I'm your show host, Robert. And it's time to uh, reintroduce our uh, our guest from last week. This gentleman is a uh, former GM car designer. He's an automotive artist, illustrator, and a restoration guy. So I'm delighted to welcome back to Nostalgic Radio Cars, Jerry Allward. Jerry, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, Robert. Now, I I played this song, and I don't you didn't get all of it, but it's a song by Kid Rock. And it's called Born Free, but you and I had talked earlier about Pontiac nudie cars. And I had mentioned to you about Bill Warner at Amelia Island, how he always has these show these car exhibits, these classification with these funny little cars. And a few years back there was a car there that was one of kid that was owned by Kid Rock that was formerly owned by Roy Rogers, which was one of those nudie Pontiacs. That that's absolutely correct. So, I'm going to have you elaborate on nudie Pontiacs, because it sounds kind of corny, but you know the story better than I do, so I'm going to have you tell everybody. Well, I don't know that I'm as versed as some people in that story, but uh, 
I've seen at least three of those cars. And uh, Nudie, of course, Nudie used to make the outfit for uh, Roy Rogers, uh, Elvis Presley, uh, Johnny Cash. He, he was he was quite the made quite the, the, the fancy outfits. So he was like a fashion designer, is what he was basically. Well, he was a, he, he was actually a tailor. A tailor, okay. And uh, he was uh, quite a guy. I had, had not did not have the pleasure of meeting him, but uh, saw saw his cars, and uh, I I did get to drive one of them. It was the one that uh, he would have them made for himself, and then he would sell them. Uh, at the end of the year to various people. And uh, the one that I was able to drive belonged to the character actor, Chill Will. Okay. Uh, who was a very uh, a very well-known... The older people that are listening to this podcast would uh, remember Chill Will. Well, actually, the clip that I played from McClintock, Chill Wills was in that with John Wayne. I'm sure that he was. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why I t- tied that into our show, too. That was a, that was a great clip. I remember that John Wayne. That's a, that's a good clip for sure. But uh, these cars had uh, big skin interiors. They had six gun door handles. They had uh, silver dollars on all over the dashboard. They had uh, uh, steer horns on the hood. Most of them were white, and uh, they had Continental kits, and they were pretty well dialed up. And uh, but the the, the pig skin and, and the, or the not pigskin, but the, the two-tone uh, cowhide interior with the, the brown and white uh-huh. interiors. And, uh, so they were, they, were, they were pretty well, but Chill Wills uh, let me drive his. And, uh, that, was, uh, that was quite, a, quite an experience. But I do know that, uh, that uh, Kid Rock got a hold of uh, Roy Rogers, the old nudie Pontiac. So the so Nudie was a a like you said tailor and then basically kind of designed clothes for a lot of the celebrities and you named off a few Roy Rogers and people like that I'm I'm an Elvis Presley I'm gonna guess he probably did Liberace and and probably um, that, some of those other that, that, flamboyant that, that's right and since you mentioned Liberace uh, yeah uh, I did some work for Liberace we took. Uh, we took his Rolls Royce, so we'd done some work on his Rolls convertible. We took it over to, uh, <coughs> excuse me, to Palm Springs. He lived a couple of blocks off of North Palm Canyon Drive. He had quite a, quite a spread over there. But that, that was quite a memory because he definitely was uh, something. And uh, he gave us a nice tour of the house, and uh, he even asked me if I had any, if I wanted to hear it. He showed his fancy piano. He wanted to know if I had any. Any requests? Well, I couldn't think of anything except uh, begin the begin. So he played begin the begin for me on that piano, and uh, how he could play the piano with those rings, I'll never know. You know, he had <laughs> one ring. He had one ring that looked like a piano, but it was about the size of a golf ball. Oh wow! Uh, and uh, he had rings on most of his fingers, and uh, I, I, I still wonder how he was able to play the piano. But yes, I'm. I'm sure that Nudie did his fancy outfits as well. That's that's what Nudie's uh, deal was. And, uh, so yeah. So who are some of the other celebrities that you came in contact with, and you've, that you've done some cars or assortment of little stuff with? Since we're in Palm Springs, uh, uh, 
I, I did some work for Red Skelton, who was just a fine man. Red Skelton was not really a uh, car guy, but he had he had one of those Mercedes uh, SSK replicas with the Volkswagen motor in it, uh-huh. and uh, which were you know, like I said, he's not a car guy. Those are not expensive, but he couldn't. It needed to, it needed to be rewired. Is what it needed. So we got it going and. We took it over to him. He lived in Anza, which is just straight south of uh, Palm Springs, and uh-huh. had a six hundred acre ranch in Anza, California. But a real fine man, Red Skelton. And like I say, the older people listening to this will remember Red Red real real well. He was a well. I have a Red Skelton story too because um, right when you come into Palm Springs off of ten, you know that long road. It's in the middle of nowhere, right? The first hotel right. that you come into, right at, right when you come into Palm Springs, that you had this really cool, like a welcome station that was there, and had that really cool looking, what they call those? You know, those really upswept, triangular shaped roof lines that kind of like they like a it looked like a boomerang kind of like you know they kind of went down, they went up, and you're saying. And then the first hotel there, if I remember correctly, it might have been the Sands. I'm not sure. But we used to stay there every once in a while because we used to go to Palm Springs every year. And uh, usually around Christmas time. And um, one day we're... I, the night before, the night before, I saw the movie Goodbye, Charlie. And I can't remember. I think Tony Curtis might have been in that movie. I'm not sure. And I think he may have had a Jag or something like that. But at any rate... Or some foreign sports car, I can't remember. But anyway, so the next day I was walking to the pool area, and this guy rolls up in this white Buick uh, 64 Riviera. And he gets out, and all of a sudden, everybody just like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Well, they go, I didn't hear what they said, but I looked at the guy, and it looked very similar to the guy that was in the movie before, but as I got closer, I recognized it was Red, Red Skelton. So I ran back to the room real quick, got my mom, so she could come over there and get his autograph. I tried to get a picture and all that stuff, but she did get an autograph. But Red Skelton was just a real friendly guy, and you know he had the TV show, and he was just you know, just just a swell guy from the stories that I heard. And, and of course, you're concurring with that now, so that's great. That's kind of neat. Yeah. So some of the other celebrities and 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 people that you did stuff with over the years. Well, uh, you know, my business was in Newport Beach, so I I was fortunate enough to rub elbows with. Uh, Quite a few of those people, I I, I drove uh, Rita Hayworth in a in a parade in Newport Beach. Oh wow! She was she was not a customer, but uh, she was uh, the Grand Marshal actually, and I drove her in my twenty eight LaSalle Phaeton. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So I got to I got to meet her. Uh, uh, also, you know, Newport Beach. Briggs uh, Cunningham had his museum in Newport Beach. Oh, he did. Uh, Yes, I did not know that. I was I was a charter member of that museum, and uh, his the guy that ran the museum for him was a guy by the name of John Burgess. And uh, as you know, Cunningham had a great variety of cars, including the Gary Cooper SSJ Duesenberg, which we used to copy. We built uh, uh, replicas in Gardena, California, uh, that I had a part in, and. Uh, they were replica SSJs. They were, but they were very nice ones. We had uh, Bill Honda California metal shaving. They were steel fenders, aluminum body, which is they were not fiberglass. So they were, uh, they were Chrysler 440 powered. But uh, uh, Briggs Cunningham let us take the measurements from that car, and that's how I 
got all my measurements. I built the Model J Duesenberg bumpers, and I used those as a pattern. The Gary Cooper SSJ, that's the gray one, and uh, two-tone gray. And then uh, John Burgess actually let me take that a little for a little uh, a little drive around the block. That was really something. That car, that that car sold for like twenty three million dollars or something like that. Just something. Okay, so that's uh, the one that was owned by the Revs Institute that they took to Gooding a few years ago, and like you said, it bid the twenty. Yeah, so it hammered at twenty million and plus the juice. So you're yeah, you're at twenty two, twenty three million dollars. That originally came from uh, the, the Cunningham collection. Okay, and, and uh, Cunningham lived on Cunningham lived on Harbor Island. Beach, and uh, that reminds me of when I, I lived on Harbor Island for a short period of time, and I used to take uh, when I left the house. I that, that was that was Harbor Island Drive, and I would uh, I saw Andy Devine out raking his yard. You remember Andy Devine? I uh, the name escapes me. Go who who was he now? He was an actor, if I remember correctly, right? He he was uh, you know, and I'm having trouble. They call it his, his name in the in in the. I think he was. Uh, I think he was Jingles with Roy Rogers. Okay. And uh, I used to see. See, we're going back quite a ways there. But I used to see him, and he would then stop by my shop on occasion, uh, maybe two or three times. Now he was not a car guy, but he enjoyed looking at the cars for sure. But he was a. Uh, he was the guy. He talked kind of like this, and uh, he was. Uh, <laughs> Pretty he- big, heavy set guy, but a real fine, another real fine gentleman is, uh, was him. And um, Buddy um, Epson, Buddy Epson used to stop in. He was he lived on Balboa Island. Oh, really, uh, Buddy Epson? Buddy Epson, Jed Clampett, and, <laughs> and David Crockett. I remember he was in that TV show as well. And most people don't know that he was started out as a song and dance man. He was a he was a dancer. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. He was another. You know these these people were not, you know, they were not aloof type that I gather. Many of them are now. Uh, he he was just a real fine, approachable man, and uh, and then as far and then getting back to the cars a little bit. When I first started my business, uh, this was in the early seventies, and uh, the Scotchdale auction was just starting. It was called the Cruise Auction at that time, and. Uh, I would take a, a truckload and maybe a couple of truckloads of cars to Scottsdale the first weekend in January each year. And uh, that's where I met Tom Barrett and Russell Jackson. Who, of course, that became the, the Barrett-Jackson auction. And uh, and I met, do you know Don Williams? Yeah, Don Williams from the uh, Blackhawk Museum. Don owns the Blackhawk, but he used to work for Tom Barrett. Tom, Don is a is a, is a dear friend, and uh, he bought one of my very my show Auburns from me uh, years ago. Don is from Santa Monica, and uh, Don used to at that time. Don worked for uh, Tom Barrett. Okay, and, and uh, then he got involved with uh, you know who Richie Klein and Ralph Engelhart and those guys uh, from the Imperial Palace in Las Vegas. And my next question was going to be, did you have a connection with uh, Hera at all? You know, I, 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 I had a connection. My closest connection was that I sold him cars. Okay. 
and I didn't get to meet Mr. Heron until one of the Scottsdale auctions. Uh, I was sitting in the bleachers, and I was talking to a, a, a Mr. Levin, who was a car collector then. It was Levin Furniture, is who it was. Uh-huh. He had a cowboy hat on. He said, Jerry, I don't know if you've met uh, uh, Mr. Heron. And I leaned over, and there was, there, there was uh, Bill Harris sitting right on the other side of me. And, uh, wow! He had on a plaid sport coat. I'll never forget that. He, and another, another fine man. Just very shook my hand, and, and uh, that was uh, that was, uh, you know. And I explained to him that I had sold sold cars to him through. Uh, trying to think of the guy Ralph Dunwood. He worked for for Hera, and uh, Hera liked the original cars. You know, uh, these happened to be Lincoln's. He actually liked Franklin. Is what he liked, but uh, air-cooled Franklins, huh? But he had—I think his first car was a Franklin. Okay, but he, um, of course, as you know, he had everything. Yes, and, uh, he was—he uh, he was another another fine man. Evidently, he and his wife used to drive their Ferraris in from. They lived up north of Las Vegas. I remember that, and uh, he became West Coast Ferrari distributor. Right, and uh, he and his wife would drive se- separate Ferraris in uh, from uh, north of uh, Las Vegas, and I guess the reasoning was that uh, if they got in an accident, they, they, one of them would still be going. <laughs> okay. Well, what? Another little bit of trivia: I was at the Harris Swap Meet in Reno the day that he died back in the, the, the Mayo Clinic. Back in, in Minnesota. Oh, uh, yeah. It was, it was, uh, we we had they said the news over the loudspeaker. So it was a, that was a sad moment because he was, you know, in my era, he was the car guy for sure. Well, now David Gooding's dad used to work for him too. Did you ever have uh, any connection with uh, David Gooding's father? Because he was a well-known. Um... No, I, I I did not. Okay, I did Alan Clendenin. He worked in the history history part uh, research, and uh, of course, I knew Ralph Dunwoody, and uh, those are the only ones that I that I knew at the time. So, since you mentioned Cunningham Briggs, how about Phil Hill? There's another guy that was involved with uh, classic and antique cars in the LA area. Also, I think he had a connection with uh, Bill Hara back in the day. Yeah. Did, uh, did you cross paths with uh, Phil? I did work with Phil Hill. He was. <laughs> Phil, Phil had a company in Santa Monica called Hill and Bond. Uh-huh. They did very, very high quality restorations. And I would, uh, Phil called me in, and, and my company would build uh, bumpers. We would, uh, different, we did Lincoln's, Packard, stuff like that. He would give me a bumper, and he would want it duplicated. And, and I just happened to have a little bit of talent along the line. And, uh, my company and myself would build bumpers for them. Ken Vaughn was his partner, and uh, uh, Bill actually—he was a member of the Cunningham Museum as well. And uh, he gave me a ride in his blower Bentley at one get at the Cunningham Museum, and uh, actually scared me. <laughs> <laughs> and when we came came sliding back in the parking lot, and. Uh, Mr. C or Mr. Cunningham, Briggs, uh, uh, you know, it was it was, it was quite a ride. Well, you got to remember, Jerry, he was he's world driving. 
<laughs> That's true. You rode in a in a vintage Bentley blower, a thirties. Was it late twenties, early thirties? With uh, Phil Hill. With Phil Hill, or Bentley. Yeah, yeah. Well, let me ask you this: we, while we're on the subject of bumpers, you see, this is the fun part of this radio show. I just, you know, I have my notes, but you just never know where, know where it's going to go. Since you're talking about bumpers. Correct me if, or educate me on this. I was told that, for example, let's say if you had a 12-cylinder Packard or uh, an 8-cylinder Packard, and I don't remember, did they make a 16-cylinder Packard or was a 16-cylinder Cadillac, that you could tell from a distance because of the bumper, the size of the bumpers. Is that true? In, in many cases, it was. When a 12-cylinder rate and a standard 8. Okay. Uh, yes, but a lot of people would like to put the 12-cylinder bumpers on their Super 8s, for example. Okay. And, uh, Bill was the, uh, a Packard expert, is what he was, and uh, he, he, uh, he restored some very, very beautiful Packards, and uh, um, he did his uh, aunt's uh, Searle Town Car, which is one Pebble Beach, and... Uh, very, very talented man. Not only was he an unbelievable driver, but he was very, he was a perfectionist. It's a good way to put it. And, uh, um, I was, well, and again, while we're on the subject of bumpers, tell me about, or tell us about the airplane bumpers, because there were some bumpers that, you know, some of these cars that were custom-bodied, like in California, Murphy was the big builder out there that did a lot of celebrity right. cars. But these airplane bumpers, you hear about these, and tell us about the story behind those. Well, I'm not an expert on it, but uh, we called them biplane bumpers. That's it, biplane out, bumpers. Okay, right. They came out of 34, uh, 34 Cadillac. Okay. And, and that's, they came stock out of 34 Cadillac, so... Uh, they we called them biplane bumpers, and they were they were quite different. And uh, I was always interested in, in the bumpers on the classics. And uh, you know, for example, the the Salon Auburn had what they called a bow tie bumper, which is probably one of to me is one of the prettiest bumpers built. The, the Salon uh, bow tie bumper, and then of course Mercedes had those. Real neat. I, I don't know what they called them. But they had lights in the end of the bumpers as well. The SSKs. Mm-hmm. They had lights in the end of the bumper that were, uh, I thought, were quite un- unusual. And uh, I made bumpers for the Auburns, the Duesenbergs, and of course the ones that Phil had me do. But uh, I made quite a few sets of Model J bumpers for uh, mostly for the replicas. But I made the replica Auburn bumpers for all these replica cars that these guys were building. A guy by the name of Glenn Prey started that whole deal uh, in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. Glenn was a Glenn was a good friend. and uh, He had, had what they called the Pickle Works down in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. And he's the, one, the first one to make an Auburn replica. His were uh, of, of a high quality and people, people copied him is what they did. And as far as I was concerned, most of them following Glenn's cars were were junk, as far as I was concerned. But uh, I'm, uh, I could be considered uh, prejudiced. That's okay. That's okay. Um, while we're on the subject of of the replicas, your Duesenbergs that you made, how many of those cars did you make? And 
do you know the whereabouts of, so, of some of those cars today? Okay, now, this was not my project. I just was involved with it. Oh, okay. We did, uh, like I said, we made the bumpers. We did final assembly, and, and I took uh, uh, I took the first one back to Auburn, Indiana. It sold at auction. I followed that car down to, I actually took it back and let my brother drive it away from his wedding. And oh. uh, then we dropped, then we ran down with my truck down to Auburn, Indiana, my my brother's wedding was in Kalamazoo, Michigan, and then we, we took it down to Auburn, sold it. It then went to Texas. It, it, it belongs to a guy in, in Texas and looks very much the same. I sent you over a picture of that car on the back of my truck. They were they were built by a guy named Bernie Miller in Gardena, California. This is the Duesenberg now we're talking about, right? Did you copy it off of uh, briggs Cunningham's car? Right, yes. Okay. The, repli- the replicas. And uh, that's how I got involved because I, I told him that I could make the bumpers because they were unsuccessful in copying the bumpers. Okay. The bumpers are made out of uh, they they made a set of them for the first car, and it was made out of two two inch by a quarter inch stock, which was not big enough. The original Duesenberg was two and a quarter by quarter inch, and uh, so I bought the two and a quarter inch stock, and I had it. Plane that's called not machine but plane to get that part to it. Then we, the Duesenberg has a smile on the upper front bumper face, and we were able to duplicate that exactly. And uh, so that's how I got involved with it. But uh, those cars had a pickup truck chassis and 440 Magnum motor. Okay. And, uh, they were. If you look at the picture I sent, you also mixed the yeah. They were 17-inch truck wheels, but we made spinning. I spun the hubcaps for them, and uh, and they, they that was the problem with many of the replicas. The wheels didn't look correct, is where, where, where they had problems. And uh, this, this this one's looked pretty good. And, uh, that was a nice car. It had too much power. I mean, you don't need that kind of power <laughs> on, on a car like that. You know, they were. Uh, 440 Magnum, so that's 375 horsepower. That was quite a bit for those for, ni- for 1974. That was uh, pretty, pretty good power. Um, did so most of the cars? It sounds like that you worked on were classics. Did you ever build any hot rods and street rods and crazy stuff well, like that? For, for myself, I did. I built my own Jeepster with a Corvette motor with six carburetors. That was my first car that was back in michigan i actually brought it to california and uh no not too much on hot rods mostly mostly classics and uh we did some uh custom stuff on excalibur you're familiar with those oh yes absolutely the the original uh, excalibur was a nice car but then they uh then there was the clinet we worked on a lot of those oh the lincoln powered cars yes yeah, Elaine Clinet built those up at the uh, uh, Santa Barbara Airport, and uh, they used a MG Midget center section. Uh, and, but then when he then he tried to do one with a back seat, and they used a Volkswagen convertible with a big hood on it on that Lincoln chassis. Huh. It just did not work. And uh, so, we, but we did a few of those, and we did the Excalibur. So I, I like the Excalibur, both the. The two-seater and the fat. Now, the two-seater's caliber, wasn't that based on the Mercedes SSK? That's correct. Okay. 
and, and, and so was the Phaeton, which had a, had a back seat in it. But mm-hmm. they started out; they were based on a Studebaker, and then they uh, then they moved to uh, to Chevy Power. Okay, and they were built back in Wisconsin. So the first Excaliburs, so they were two eighty nine Studebaker V eight powered cars. So they actually came out in their early early sixties. You know, I. I, I can't tell you the exact date. I do know that Brooke Stevens designed them, and I was enamored by them as the, as a youngster. And uh, I do know that the first ones were Studebaker powered, and uh, they were, uh, you know, as were the Avantes and uh, too. And uh, but they became uh, they ended up putting Chevys in them. Okay. Did you, um, do you have, back in the, so if you were in in California, probably in the 60s, did you kind of run with the hot riding crowd a little bit, or you were more with the, the classics and the antiques? I, I, was, with, well, I was with the classics uh, pretty much. Uh, uh, Boyd Connington was a friend. Oh, wow. And uh, he would, you know, we would go back and forth to each other's shops and, uh, and uh, he was, uh, Boyd weighed about 300 pounds back then. I, don't, I probably shouldn't say that, but uh, he, was, he was a big man. And uh, Boyd was the first, to, he was starting to get good money for the hot rods. That was just, you know, it was backyard stuff for many years. And uh, he was bringing it to a new, to a new level. Like, for example, Barris was not, he was not the hot rod. He liked the Shop Mercs and that kind of stuff, but the movie cars. He did many, many of the movie cars. That's that was his, that was his bread and butter. Or how about Dean Jeffries, Gene Winfield, and uh, some of those guys? Cushenberry, did you run cross paths with those guys? Oh, I, not Cushenberry. I met you know Jeffries and Winfield, and I remember stopping at, at Jeffries' place out in the valley, out there, and uh, another. Man, that was uh, artistic as well, and uh, I enjoyed anybody along that line. And uh, one thing I might mention, we were just talking about, uh, we were talking about Von Dutch. Yeah. Uh, you know his uh, his name was was, was Kenny Howard. Uh, I always I always called him Kenny, and we used to drink out of his bus. It was at my friend. Uh, Jimmy Brucker's place at, at uh, Movie World Cars and the Stars in Buena Park. Uh-huh. That bus is now in Phoenix. That belongs to a friend of mine, Steve Kafka, who to this day makes the brushes I use in my striping. And uh, uh, so that's, that's, a, that's quite a circle of friendship that uh, things come around. But uh, Kafka has his, his, his bus over there and has got it restored. I'd love to get over there and stop in and be, you know, reminisce just a little bit because uh, Dutch and I spent some time in there drinking. <laughs> now, well, now let me ask you this. Um, there was a guy by the name of Tweedy that used to that used to work for Barris that ended up becoming the factory team race car painter for Carroll Shelby. He hung out with Dutch a lot, and he... Used to well, he was. I never had him on the show, but I knew him personally because we used to get all the Shelby mates together. But he had a whole bunch of Dutch stories as well, 
and said, you know, Gunsmith and, and the crazy stories with the with the firecrackers and some of the stuff, because they used to live in Arizona together, and then they went back to, to California together. And so did you ever cross paths with a guy by the name of Tweedy? His name was actually Bob Robert Aldridge was his real name, but you they know, called him Tweedy. I, I, I know the name Robert, but no, I, did, I never did meet him. Uh, as far as uh, Shelby, I met Shelby out at his shop out in... Uh, it was in Reno Del Rey then at that time. It was called, it was, uh, uh, it's Marina Del Rey now, but it, it, he had a shop out there where he built his Daytonas and, and just getting started on his Cobras. And, uh, so that was quite a deal. And I was able, I was able to meet Shelby again up here, uh, just, just before he died. And, uh, he, uh, did business with a guy named Ben Bestie up here in Windsor who has the Wall of Cobras, the very famous Wall of Cobras, uh, right up here, right near me here. Oh, really? And, uh, the Wall of Cobras is five high and ten wide of Cobras. They're on special brackets. These are not fiberglass things. These are real cars that are that are forklifted up, and they're five high and ten wide Uh Cobras. They're replicas, but they're all uh, aluminum bodies. Some of them are even uh, copper bodies. But uh, uh, my friend Rob still paints the Cobras for them. Oh, interesting. Uh, that's still that's Rob was my painter for many years. He still uh, paints for Den Best. paints the new Cobras for him. Wow. So, uh, yeah, that was uh, it's. Shelby Shop was in Bennett, which is now Marina Del Rey, and uh, that was uh, he, he gave me a, a very nice tour of the shop. They were building those Daytona coupes in there, and uh, I actually had a '64 Cobra when I was at General Motors, a little 289 car that I, you know, I enjoyed taking to the company picnics. You know, driving a Ford to the company picnic. <laughs> yes, right on. <laughs> okay, I, I I really enjoyed that. It called me the devil's advocate, but uh, that was uh, I, I made it a point of, of, of seeking out. I didn't get to California until '67, and I made sure I, I that I found where Shelby was. I went, so I got there. But uh, Jimmy Brucker, of the Cars of the Stars, where I met Dutch, introduced me to Steve McQueen, and then they then. And McQueen had us up to, uh, McQueen had all of his stuff stored up to Santa Paula Airport. And uh, we we went up there, Jimmy and I, and a couple of the guys went up, and McQueen showed us around. He had the hangers full of his stuff. It was, it was all, he's just a way to say it. He had a uh, Karen biplane. He had all of it. He was an absolute motorcycle nut. And uh, he had some very rare motorcycles, and uh, of course, many cars as well, but uh, this was getting towards the end for, for Steve, and uh, uh, so kind of a sad, sad story. But we were able to see his cars, and uh, uh, that's that's when he had he had hair down to his uh, shoulders at that particular time. Well, on that note, we're, sadly, we're up against the clock again here, uh, Jerry. So, uh, But I do want to thank you very much for coming on our show again and uh, spending some time. We're going to have to do this again down the road. And uh, I'd love to have you back and tell us some more stories. And, uh, again, if people want to find out more about you, how do they go about doing it? Uh, pretty much on Facebook, Jerry Allward Art and Color, or Jerry Wolf Allward. 
on Facebook. All right. Well, Jerry, I want to thank you very much for hanging out with us here at Nostalgic Radio Cars. Some great stories. It truly, truly enjoyed it. It was a pleasure to have you on the show. When I get out to California again and go visit my Uncle Art, and I'm going to stop by Zell, stop by, see you, and together we're going to all go up to this wall of Cobras, because I'm a Shelby guy. So I really, truly enjoyed it, and I look forward to it. And again, thank you very much, and I wish you all the best of luck, and keep pinstriping. Well, Zell enjoyed showing you around, so I, I look forward to seeing you again. Sounds good. All right. Hey, I want to thank my special guest, Jerry Allward. Jerry Wolf Allward. Check out his Facebook page. In the meantime, I want to thank all my listeners for tuning in to Nostalgic Opinion Cards. Don't forget, every Tuesday between 7 and 8 p.m. for the most legendary and fascinating names, or fascinating and legendary names in motorsports, music. Hey, we're actually going to get into, uh, we're going to take it to the next level. We're going to get into finance here, too, in business. But anyway, uh, tell your friends, tune in. I want to see all you guys some of the car shows. It's getting gonna, It's going to get cooler, hopefully, and it's going to get a little drier. We're going to get a little less rain. And uh, get out and uh, burn some rubber, man. Stay safe, drive carefully, and love your family. WTAN, Clearwater. FM 106.1. WDCF, Dade City. FM 102.3. WZHR, Zephyr Hills. FM 104.3. Listen.